when you hear the, the, the choir song and the lay leader and the children's message and this message together, you're going to go, you guys planned this, didn't you? So here we go. Let's, uh, let's just bow in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. God, it is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We ask, Lord, that you would speak, that this would not be the, the crafted words of a preacher, but it would be the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts, Lord, as only you can. Let this word come alive to us and be glorified in and through us, we pray. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking of the Olympics, <laughs> uh, Winter Olympics in less than two weeks, right, coming up. I think I, think I know uh, maybe what Mike's favorite sport in the Olympics might be. But anybody else have a, uh, a Winter Olympic favorite, things you like to see? Uh, what do you think? Ice skating? Yeah. Bobsled. From Jamaica, man. <laughs> you didn't see that movie, you won't get the joke. But anyway, so yeah, my one of my all-time favorites was skating. Uh, I, I think especially that year that Christy Yamaguchi was, I mean, man, talk about graceful. Um, but just to watch the, the skill and... Uh, when I was a little kid, I hit the ice hard a few times. <laughs> it just was one of those things uh, I always appreciated to see. The other thing for me was the big ski jump, to watch those people come down that thing and just soar, right? Uh, loved it. Now, what I want you to do this morning is to picture yourself as a young athlete. Well, Nikki can do that. Everybody else has to, you know... <laughs> Try to picture ourselves as a young athlete, whatever sport right you like or or whatever, but there you are doing your thing you're you're practicing you're 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 doing well, and suddenly a past Olympic champion walks up to you and says, "I've been watching you. I see incredible potential in you. You have a natural talent that is very, very rare. You have a gift, and I think you have the potential to go all the way." And I'd like to coach you, right? Can you imagine that? How would that how would that make you feel, right? Now let me ask you this: What do you think that that coach would do? Would they say, okay, you know, now that now that we're gonna start and we're gonna do this, I want you to just um, you know just practice now and then, and I'll check back with you in a month, see how you're doing. Is that what a coach would do? Right? Uh, what would you think of them if that's what they did? <laughs> Not much, right? No, you expect them to coach you, right? To help you to get better, to maximize your strengths, to help you to overcome weak areas, strengthen weak areas, right? Prop you up on your leaning side, as Skip would say, um, so that you can be the best you can be, right? That's, that's what a coach does, right? Bring home the gold, or at least know that you've done well, that you've done your best. So now let's talk to, about the real us this morning. How many would say that there are a few things in life that maybe you'd like to get a little bit better at? Uh, whether it's a skill, uh, maybe it's part of our character that we'd like to improve, right? Uh, habits that we'd like to get better at. 
Have you heard uh, what someone coined as the definition of insanity? Right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Right? True, isn't it? So then getting better at something means, uh-oh, it's the C word, change. Change, doesn't it? Don't raise your hand, but how many cringed when I said the word change? <laughs> Why do most of us not like change? Because change equals not comfortable, doesn't it? Somehow it's going to push us out of our comfort zone, and uh, we, 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 don't, we don't like that. And yet think of all the positive changes that have taken place in our lives over the year. Over the years, I should say, right? Uh, learning to walk, right? Ride a bike, drive a car, right? Leaving the nest, earning a degree or mastering some skill, right? Getting a good job, getting married, having a child, right? Um, hey, I mean, at one time, you hardly knew anybody at this church, right? Talk about receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. All of these changes in our lives that have brought tremendous blessing into our lives, right? But they're all change. They're all change. Blessings that we wouldn't have if we hadn't embraced change. Change that was so worth it in so many ways. So change can bring huge blessings, but really, what's the difference? The difference is it's change we want. The difference is our attitude toward the change, welcoming it as we anticipate, as we expect those blessings to come into our lives. And that's how I want to look at our next passage in the book of John. We skimmed over it a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it's really important enough to go back and unpack. So let's look at it this morning. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, 1 and 2. Just a short passage this morning. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I want to entitle the message this morning, Better and Better. Better and better. Now, we talked about this picture of the grapevine a couple weeks ago. Jesus is the vine. He is the true source of life and blessing, isn't he, to all of us, to the human race. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, right, we are born again, as Jesus called it. As he lives in us by his Spirit, we are all connected to him, aren't we, like branches on a vine. Do you see it? Okay. Every branch in me, he says, that does not bear fruit, he, the Father, takes away. How many ever had someone in your life, uh, throughout all of life, you can go back, you know, as far as you like, but someone who acted like they were your friend, but as time went on, you realized that they really weren't that they were hoping to make some kind of personal benefit from claiming to be your friend for a while. They were what we would call a fair-weather friend, right? 
just trying to benefit. And when you realize that about that person, what happened to that relationship? Usually it breaks off, doesn't it? Same thing here. Jesus is talking about those who say that they are a Christian, but there's no evidence of a real relationship with Christ. Listen, you can jump, you, you're, let me say, you can't jump in the water and not get wet. It just happens, right? You, you, you can't have the Holy Spirit of the living God living in us and not be affected somehow. It, it just can't be. It's right. It's a, it's a conundrum that that scripture speaks to. Um, we we can't have a genuine faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of heaven and earth, and not to some degree submit to that lordship. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't connect. So um, it, it, it's it's like saying, oh, I, I'll tell you, I believe in taking vitamins and then never taking any right it, it, it just doesn't compute so same thing that we're talking about here those without any fruit are the false believers who are shown to be just that on judgment day maybe played a good game said a good game but never any uh, evidence of that relationship in their life so, Jesus says, those the Father takes away. But he says this, every branch that does bear fruit, the Father prunes that it may bear more fruit. Who thinks that sounds like fun? Pruning, cutting, sounds like an unpleasant experience, doesn't it? But let's go back to that Olympic coach for a moment. Okay? the one who sees all the potential in you. Let's say you're a skater. You are the epitome of gracefulness gliding across the ice, right? Just, just go with it, right? That's, whether you think you're all left feet or, or not, just, just go with it. There you are, right? And then you go to do a triple toe loop. And bam, down you go, hit the ice. And you try it again, and bam, down you go and hit the ice. You're starting to get a little sore here, right? And, and the coach says, listen, hey, I, I've been watching you. And every time you're about to launch off, you dip your right shoulder. So keep your eye on that shoulder when you're about to launch. Make sure that shoulder's up high, and then do it. So you go around the ice, you pick up speed, you keep an eye on the shoulder, and boom, you land it. What a feeling, right? What a rush. You did it. The, the spectators are all clapping, right? I mean, what a, doesn't that feel great? So what did you do? You changed. You changed. You got rid of something that you were doing. You did something else, and so you bore the fruit of that triple toe loop, right? And the people around you were also blessed by seeing that. But the truth is, something had to go. Something that the coach corrected. Something that the coach pruned out of your routine so that you could bear the fruit of that amazing aerial event. 
That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a coach, capital C, if you will, one who loves us, one who sees marvelous potential in each and every one of us, someone who wants us to be our best so that we can bear the fruit that not only brings blessing in our lives, but blesses the world around us, right? And the impact that you and I have on others when we bear the fruit, we've talked about this many times, just may make an eternal difference in their lives. It's going to matter a thousand years from now when they're standing next to you in heaven or on the new earth, right? And they're there partly because you made an impact on their lives. Incredible. We talked last week about God being love and Jesus giving us one commandment to love one another. And the fact that when we are truly acting in love towards someone, we're flowing in harmony with God. That's what fruit is. That's what fruit is. We're, we're, we're flowing in the nature and character of God. We're flowing in love towards others. It's love, joy, peace, patience. Who's, who's recognizing the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians, right? Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love manifesting itself in all of those ways toward other people. Who doesn't want more of that in their lives? Right? We all do. But in order to get that, other things have to go. Other things have to be pruned, don't they? Attitudes, prejudices, pride, stubbornness, selfishness. All things that grow out of my heart from time to time. How about yours? Right? Things that, when you think about it, end up hurting us and hurting others as well. Right? So God prunes those things out of our lives so that we can manifest more of the fruit, so that we can be our best selves, so that we can make an impact in this world, an impact for the kingdom of God, being part of something so much bigger than ourselves. So it's not, it's not uh-oh, God's going to get me. I, I, he's got the, you know, the pruning shears in his hand. Oh no, he's going to hurt me. He's going to cut me. He's, he's after me. He, he doesn't like me. He's, he's condemning me. That's not what it's about. This is the coach. This is the one that says, hey, you got, you, you got it going on. I want to see you become the best you that you can be. He, he, he's not coming to drag us off kicking and screaming. No, the Holy Spirit very much like that coach. If we will have ears to hear, he will let us know when we're dropping our shoulders, so to speak. Right? So that we don't fall and hit the ice. <laughs> Isn't that God's attitude toward us? Right? He wants us to walk in blessing, not to, to hit some standard of behavior that is acceptable to him. It's never been about that. That's the way I used to think about it. No, he's trying to bless our lives. Why do we discipline our children? 
right? Because we, because we want to make them conform or because we want them to have the best life that they can have. Right? Building character traits in them. Trying to prune off, if you will, those things that disrespect and, and, you know, things that will ultimately hurt their lives. Same thing. He loves us. Wants not only to bless us. Because right? when we're, when we're in harmony with God, we're blessed. We're full of joy. We're full of peace. We, we have confidence when we pray. All those things. But then this life that God puts as, as light in the world draws other people to Jesus so we can make that eternal impact on others. It's a win-win-win-win, isn't it? So, so that we don't hurt others or hinder them spiritually, right? And not only does He meet us in the moment, hold that tongue, Right? God ever meet you in the moment and you're just about to lambaste somebody and the Holy Spirit's there going, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to regret it. And then sometimes, like me, you say, well, I want to do it anyway, and you do it and then you regret it. And then you learn to listen to that voice over the course of time. Right? But not only does He meet us in the moment, Give us that, that sense of warning. Give us that sense of uh, don't go this way, go this way. Uh, but also, we prayed the Lord's Prayer this morning, right? Forgive us our debts. That's not simply a line to repeat. Jesus gave that to us to show us that confession needs to be a part of, of a healthy Christian prayer life. Right? Part of what we do with the Lord is to look inward, look into our hearts, or as David said, Lord, search me and know my heart. God, reveal my heart. Show me if there's a wicked way in me, and let's deal with it together, right? So, so then we're sitting there in prayer, and we're saying, God, you know, help me to see. And then God shows us what we said to so-and-so yesterday and how, you know, it brought offense. Oh, God, you know. So we begin to confess those. And what is confession? It's, it's not, okay, I got caught. No, confession is realizing that this is hurtful to me, that this is hurtful to others. It's agreeing with God that this is sin. But also, what we, what we often fail to do is to wait in God's presence and talk about that situation. How did I get myself in a place where I was in a tizzy and let loose? How did I get there to where my, my anxiety or my anger or whatever was at that point to where I blew? Not just, okay, I blew it, Lord, and go on. Let's How did I get there? How did I get from smiling at 9 o'clock to 11.30, I'm ready to blow my top? Let's talk about it, Lord. Right. So he is gracious to help us to walk through those things to, to show us something that's going on in our heart or, or whatever um, to teach us how to avoid that in the future. Right? We, we, we come boldly before the throne of grace, Hebrews says, to receive mercy, that's forgiveness when we confess that thing, right? And grace to help in time of need. Grace, right? Showing us how to avoid that thing in the future so that it doesn't create the damage in our lives that it would otherwise. So, that we grow 
so that that activity, that, that what we did, can be recognized and pruned out of our lives. Okay? Now, yes, in his love for us, if we refuse to listen, if we harden our hearts toward him, if we continue to say, I want to do it my way, there's this other thing in the book of Hebrews that's called the Lord's discipline. And how does the Lord discipline? Most often by allowing us to reap the negative consequences of our actions so that we see this is hurtful. <laughs> you know, I, I, I continue to go my own way and then the bottom drops out. I got to do something different. And we come back into his presence and say, God, I, I messed up. Right? So he allows us to reap those consequences. That part of the pruning can indeed be painful. I will admit that. I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. But when God prunes, it's not something that's done in anger. It's not something that's done to uh, cause us to feel um, just wallow in shame and feel like we're no good as a Christian and want to throw it in, in the towel, so to speak. No. When God does that and we come back and say, God, this, this, this isn't right. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, isn't He? Because His attitude toward us is always love all the time. Always wanting us to be our best. Always wanting us to succeed. Always wanting us to be blessed. Always wanting us to walk in that blessing and be a blessing to others. That's why He came. He could have, he, he could have stayed in heaven and condemned the world. Right? The, 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 the first time the flood came and cleansed everything, he could have reached that point again, just said, okay, fire. Boop. But no. What did he do? He came down in human flesh in the form of a servant, gave his life on the cross so that we could be reconciled to him, so that we could come into that relationship with a coach. Because he loves us. So even the pruning, even, um, even the discipline is, is 100% love toward us. Now here, I've I got a couple of pictures for you. The first picture, uh, if you can see it, is a wild grapevine. Okay? You, can, you can see there, there's fruit on there, but it's, it's kind of sparse and, and more than likely... And a wild grapevine like this is going to be kind of sour, right? It's not going to be great fruit. So then you take a wild vine like this and you prune it, and there's what you get. A little visual for you, right? You see the fruit, it's big, it's luscious, it's, it's big clusters. That's what happens when you properly prune a vine. Get rid of all that overgrowth that's taken all the energy and time Right? Get rid of that stuff so that you can have more energy into producing this sweet, luscious fruit that you see. That's the pruning of the Lord. That's what He's after in our lives. All done by the master vine dresser, the loving coach who seeks to help us to be our best and to help us make a difference in this world.
Amen. Let me close with this this morning. Can I say this at the very first pruning that you and I need in our lives is that pruning of the attitude that says, I can do this on my own. I can, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. And I'm, I'm, you know, compared to Jeffrey Dahmer and Adolf Hitler, I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. I don't, I don't need to get religious. I don't need to go overboard. I don't need to be born again. I don't need to, this whole Savior thing. That's the first pruning that you and I need. That independent attitude from God that says, I, I will be Lord of my own life. Because you see, first of all, it's, it's not religion. It's a relationship with someone who loves us deeply. Someone who knows that we all fall short of his righteous standard. So much that he died on that cross to pay the price for us. That through faith in him and in that sacrifice, we are deemed forgiven and made right in the sight of God. But in order to do that, we've got to let go. We've got to let go of pride. We've got to go let go of independence. We've got to let go of, I'm going to do it my way and put our trust in Jesus as Savior. Most of us here, if not all, have surrendered, have, have wrestled with him and surrendered and reaped blessing upon blessing upon blessing for having done so. But if that's you here or online and you have not made that step, we would love to encourage you to take that step of faith. If you're not quite sure that you've done that, make today your day. Make today the day that I finally got to the end and I said, I, I, I want what you have for me, Lord. I want the life that you have for me. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I am right with you. I want to know that, that yes, I'm going to heaven someday, but I, I want to have that life and a coach who loves me each and every day. Let's bow our heads this morning. If that is you, again here or even online, I want to encourage you this morning, just stand to your feet. I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. That step that says, God, I'm serious about this. I'm not, I'm not hiding. I want you in my life. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that I'm right with God. I'm taking a step toward you, taking a step away from pride, taking a step away from independence. If that's you this morning, stand to your feet before the Lord. Oh, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence here in this place. And we ask, Lord, for those who have not made that step, that today would be their day 
the day of salvation, the day of a whole new relationship with you. Touch us, Lord, by your Spirit. That's you this morning. Pray this prayer in your heart before the Lord. Say, God, it's me. It's me. You've, you, you've known me. And I want to know you. So, Lord, today is my day. And I open my heart. And I ask Jesus, the one who died for me, to be my Savior and my Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. Come into my life that I might know your life, your peace, your joy, and know the coach who wants to teach me what life is really all about. Thank you, Lord, for being true to your word, coming in to stay. In Jesus' name. And if you have taken that step, I want to encourage you this morning as we're still bowed before the Lord. Life is a series of choices, isn't it? I hope that I've shown the heart of God this morning that each of us, me included, would have those areas of our lives that we would surrender to the Lord's pruning. Say, Lord, help me. Teach me. Show me. Speak to my heart, Lord, that I might get better and better, that I might glorify you, that I might be a, a better witness for you, have a better impact for you in my family, in at work, in my social circles, Lord, wherever, whenever. For your glory. And that I might know the benefit of being pruned. And the blessing of the fruit that comes in my life. Work in me, Lord. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.